Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Design Untangled. Me, Chris Mears, and Carla Lindarte. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, we're joined today, I'm happy to say, by our special guest, Noam, who's going to talk to us today about Design Club. Hiya. Hello. So, yeah, maybe if we could start, if you could just give us a bit of background about yourself first, and then we'll yeah dig into Design Club itself after. Sure. So I am, I suppose I would call myself a UX designer, first and foremost, but um, I suppose I kind of wear many hats and um, uh, my background is, is, uh, is, is an agency, as an agency owner. So I, I started an agency kind of back in 2004 called Mint Digital. So I've got quite a lot of agency-based experience and now I'm kind of moving more into the tech for good space doing kind of UX work, um, kind of digital strategy work for charities. So uh, Design Club is a social enterprise based in London. Um, we are trying to build a network of volunteers to teach kids about design thinking and more specifically kind of get them being empathetic and more collaborative and kind of using design thinking processes and methods as a way to solve problems. So, um, yeah, so essentially it's, it's building the volunteer network and then creating the resources and projects to let those volunteers go and run clubs for kids. And at the moment, the focus is after-school clubs for 9 to 13-year-olds. Cool. Um, and so you say that's to help make kids more collaborative and empathetic. Do you think that's something that's lacking at the moment? And if so, kind of why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, the school um, sort of system in the UK, I mean, it, 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 I think in terms of kind of creativity and, and problem solving and these sorts of things, you know, it's being squeezed out of the curriculum and it has been for, you know, a number of years, um, even design and technology has seen a kind of 60%, you know, drop um, sort of from, from sort of like two, 2000 onwards. So, you know, the, so we're basically replacing these more kind of, you know, creative, you know, kind of subjects with academic subjects. So um, kids just aren't kind of interacting with these things, the, these things so much. And I suppose also just, you know, just from a kind of global perspective, you know, you, it's just hard not to kind of, think well you know empathy is is sort of feeling in short supply when it's probably mm -hmm. almost you know kind of it's probably the most valuable resource we have um yeah so just kind of getting everybody thinking of others a bit more you know feels to me like a, a kind of sensible thing to do you know and design just happens to be a great way to do that you know kind of design thinking and, and designing for others i think is just a fun and interesting way to do that yeah, it's quite interesting because I feel like recently there's been a lot of, you know, non-child designers kind of having this sort of awakening in terms of they need to be doing things that actually contribute to the greater good as opposed to just pumping out apps or whatever and I think getting people early in their yeah, in their life essentially is is definitely a good way to bring that through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I guess Interestingly, I, you know, if the kids kind of end up thinking this is great, you know, I love design and it's and it's sort of enjoyable and I want to pursue it as I kind of, you know, grow up. Brilliant. But I mean, as I say, I'm, I'm sort of just as interested in skills that, 
you know, get developed and nurtured through the design thinking process. Um, so if kids just become a bit more aware, you know, of, of others and their peers, um, you know, their neighborhood, et cetera, then that for me is a, is a great thing. Um, so I suppose we can talk a bit now about, yeah, where the idea came from. Have you got kids yourself? Yeah, so I've got a 12 year old daughter. Um, but uh, I think the idea, I think it was sparked actually back in about 2011, 2012, maybe when I started volunteering myself at my daughter's school, um, when she was maybe in the kind of first or second year of, of primary school, I started volunteering for Code Club, which is um, an after school uh, kind of coding club where kids learn about Scratch and they learn about HTML and, and things like that. And I remember when I did that, at, you know, at the time I was working for my, when I was running my agency and you know, I kind of went and did this as a, as a, you know, for a, for a few terms. So, you know, over a year. Um, but just throughout it, I always thought, you know, this is brilliant and it's teaching kids about kind of how to build stuff. But I was always in the back of my mind thinking we really need to be, you know, helping young people think about like what to build and why to build it and who to build it for. So I suppose the idea for Design Club, I think, started then, but I couldn't, actually go do anything about it because i was you know full-on kind of running as i say my agency but then a couple of years ago i was able to um i guess rethink life a bit i left the agency that i set up and as i say i started to kind of look at tech for good and think about how can i use my time and skills in a much more kind of i suppose what i felt a much more kind of worthwhile way um and kind of giving back so I was able to sort of take that, I suppose, you know, inkling of an idea and start to prototype it. Um, so, yeah, I started to kind of prototype what Design Club could look like. And I started to make resources and project materials and bits and pieces that would help kids kind of work through design thinking processes in a sort of fun and tangible way. Um, and, yeah, so it kind of, yeah, the idea was, I think, yeah, it's quite, it's not, not a new one in my head but was only really able to be kind of developed in the last sort of year or two. It's a very um, great example of how you could apply, you know, your day-to-day -day job into something that you really care about. And I really, I really like it. But I just wanted to ask you, so you currently run these sessions with kids like in, in different schools and what does that like session look like? Yeah, sure. So I personally have um, kind of run uh, pilots, uh, but uh, sort of since then, I mean, as I mentioned, we're trying to build a, a network of volunteers. Um, most of them are in or from the kind of design and tech industry who are actually running running clubs. So we had I think maybe around a half a dozen last term about half a dozen clubs this term happening and we're looking to kind of grow that so we're sort of you know doing things kind of gently and in terms of what they look like they run over the course of a term so a kind of 10 12 week run um and the volunteers they they get they get given a, a kind of a kit essentially with workbooks and you know sort of name badges and lanyards and pin badges and stickers and bits and pieces to help them work through um design projects and it follows uh excuse me it follows um a, um a kind of a, the stanford design design school design thinking process of um you know we we first of all define our 
challenge. So we think about who we want to design something for and what we want to help them to do. And then we start to empathize with that user so we understand we kind of their lifestyle, et cetera, and their needs and all these sorts of things. And then we start to come up with ideas. Then the fourth stage, we start to prototype those ideas into something real. So at the moment, we're focusing on app development um, as a way to kind of, I suppose, create a, a kind of a journey, I suppose, for the kids so that they think, okay, we're going to start, you know, we're going to be designing and then prototyping an app. And we use Marvel app to do that. So they just take photos of their sketches and then they um, turn these into interactive Marvel prototypes. And then they, uh, in the final stage, they test their prototypes on each other. Um, so we've kind of broken down the process over the 10 weeks. And over the 10 weeks, the idea is to work through a beginner project where they design for somebody fictitious. And then in the second half of the term, every another five weeks, they design for somebody in real life that they know, probably either like a parent or a sibling or a friend um so yes yeah, so all those so all those kind of processes that we do in you know our design jobs like kind of creating empathy maps and writing out user needs and things like that we get the kids to to do um over these sessions all right cool um i just want to rewind a little bit to where you were talking about prototyping what one of these things might look like in the early days so i'm quite curious to see how what you're doing now differed to what maybe your original idea of how it would run was and what you kind of learned along the way while you were iterating on it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's it's funny because I suppose Design Club is trying to, you know, kind of get kids doing design thinking and being kind of flexible with their, you know, ideas and changing direction and things like that. And I suppose Design Club itself is going on a on a journey like that where you know, we're taking things into the classroom, showing them to kids. And then, you know, if things aren't working, kind of change it, scrap it, you know, try something new. I mean, I suppose, I suppose my original kind of thought on it all was to try to create an experience um, and, and sort of resources that were like dead easy to use. Um, you know, they're obviously for kids, so they need to almost be like something that you could self-guide um yourself through um and i suppose that core actually hasn't hasn't really shifted much um from the original sort of thinking about how to how to do it because i think you know we're trying to we're trying to make we're almost trying to make the facilitators the volunteers not redundant but we're trying to kind of you know allow allow them to provide something for kids where the kids can kind of like work on their own and work together and then you know the 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 kind of the the grown ups the the mentors are there almost as a way to kind of unblock you know if needed mm -hmm. um and help to kind of guide a little bit so i suppose at the heart of it those materials haven't really kind of changed much i think that um i think the things we're trying to do though is make sort of like resources really adoptable and really accessible um in any sort of setting i think that's probably a pivot that we're looking at in the next sort of few months so that we're not coupling to the uk kind of term-based education system because we've had i've had hundreds and hundreds of people sign up or kind of register an interest from all over the world and you know 
like I say, because we're kind of we've we've designed something more for the kind of UK system. It's just meant that you know the people that are signing up from Australia or from Egypt or from wherever it is in the world are a little bit, um, I suppose, put off or not feeling it's for them. Um, yeah. So I think a kind of big shift is in is in the way that we present the materials and, and sort of decouple them from this notion of you know, the, the UK education system in 10, 10, 12 week terms. I think that's probably the kind of main thing we need to do. Um, I guess another thing actually is, is, is sort of around the, the, le- the kind of learner experience. I think we're keen to figure out ways to, you know, make that experience because what we see is we see the kids in flow. We see the kids enjoying what they're doing, but I think there's an element of like the end point, you know, you know how like when you build like a Lego model and you're sort of, you know, you're working through the pages as a kid and you kind of like get to the end and you've got that kind of lovely, you know, end product and you're kind of proud of it yeah. and you might play with it and these sorts of things. I think there's an element of what's that sort of like conclusion um, to things. And we've been toying with this idea of a, of a showcase where you kind of, you know, put your prototype, you know, on this showcase and, you know, you can at least share it with, you know, your your kind of friends and your family and maybe the school can kind of show it off etc so there's some work to be done there i think yeah that's quite a, an interesting thing i didn't think about because a lot of design in the adult world you're never you're always kind of moving towards what you think is the right thing but you kind of never really get there because you're always learning and always improving so from a kid's point of view that must be quite challenging yeah i suppose I suppose, you know, the notion of a project for a kid, it's like, I don't know, if you're writing an essay, then the end point is, you know, if the word count is 500 words and you have to write, you know, a kind of an introduction and, and points to back up your, you know, what you're saying and a conclusion and you kind of know you got to the end of the, the that, that yeah. piece of work. Um, but I think, yeah, with this, you know, with kind of, yeah, design work, creative work, it's, I think, yeah, that kind of like that narrative arc and that sort of like concluding of the project and making it all feel like a, you know, a kind of worthwhile experience and something that, you know, um, I don't know, maybe feels complete or maybe feels like, you know, you're going to take it else, take it somewhere else is important. I mean, we have been toying with the idea of like, you know, if anyone wants to go off and program something, you know, so they've got they've designed something and it's, you know, it's kind of pretty simple, but like, you know, maybe there are kind of pathways into kind of then saying, okay, like, you know, if you want to like build this, go and sort of go, go and join a code club or a coder dojo or another kind of more tech based initiative so that you can like, you know, take it from, you know, kind of a kind of a clickable prototype to a functional prototype. Um, but yeah, all that stuff as well, though, to be honest with you, these kids are only nine to kind of like 12, 13. <laughs> it, yeah. starts, it starts to get a little bit, you know, bit, a bit much for them. I think they just want to come, have a, have a bit of fun, work with some friends, you know, make something, create something. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask about ages and what are the parts of the design thinking process you think are the most difficult for them to kind of um, grasp and do? So the most difficult is... Um, <laughs> the thing that I, I want them to do the most, which is uh, empathizing with others. Um, they find it really difficult to um, keep the person they're creating for in mind. 
And actually, I find it kind of interesting because I also think that's what grown-ups do. You know, like we kind of, <laughs> you know, like we... design we, for ourselves. <laughs> a lot, you know, or for like what we think might work best. And that's also okay because often, you know, like good designers have a good intuition and a good instinct about these things, you know. But like I think, you know, you go in the early phase and you kind of, you know, you, you may create a problem statement or define a design challenge, whatever it might be, and you start to then think about personas and you start to think about your users. And then, yeah, you do do a certain amount of user-centered design, but then when you start to get into things, you often kind of maybe, you know, go into a mode of like creation and, you know, it can be difficult to kind of keep that user that you're creating for in your mind and really kind of make all your decisions for that user. And I think... That happens, you know, for kids, I think, you know, even more so because I just think it's really hard for them to sort of like not think about, you know, kids are quite selfish by nature. Um, You know, they kind of think about themselves and they think, okay, like, you know, um, you know, kind of what do I need? What, you know, what, what, you know, how how do I want this thing to look? And you have to kind of remind them like, okay, but you're designing this thing for Glenda, who's like 87. So like, okay how do we think her eyesight might be how do we think she might kind of interact with her phone how might her mobility be with her fingers and her hands and all that kind of stuff and then they start they do start to think about it but they need to be reminded of it so that's quite a, that's kind of a challenging thing but it's an interesting thing um i suppose yeah that's the main one i mean the thing they like the most is is sort of you know uh, sketching stuff and prototyping it and seeing it come to life and seeing it be clickable um i think that's something that they really you know, they they seem to enjoy the most. Yeah, that's the creating part, I guess. When you got something a bit more tangible to show for it, like we, yeah, we were saying with the the Lego thing, you've got a, a kind of thing that you made, and that's probably quite satisfying. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I mean linked with that, you know, it's when they when they show the thing they've made to to, to someone sitting next to them or to you know someone on another table, and that person that they show it to, they kind of have that little moment of wonderment, you know, where they kind of look at the thing. And I always think that that's probably why, why uh, I don't know. When I think back to why even I started enjoy when I started enjoying design and why I'm a designer, I think it's because of that process of thinking you're making something for someone, and then when they do actually look at it and their eyes light up ideally or they you know they can't use it for whatever reason it kind of reminds you that you know it's it's for someone else and and you get a great feeling by seeing someone else use something you've made and I think it's the same with the you know with the kids I mean you know they kind of they do love to like show you what they've made and then when you react well to it and positively they kind of full of hope and energy and so I think that part of it's all really kind of rewarding and fun Mm mm-hmm um so just a bit more around challenges so obviously one of the big themes around tech for good is kind of inclusivity and making sure everyone has kind of equal opportunities have you had any challenges in terms of like the type of kids that you get coming along and have you found any ways to make sure it's accessible to all yeah so i mean the main thing is that clubs are they're free for kids um so we kind of insist that, like, you know, they're never charged for by, uh, you know, the schools. So that helps. Um, I mean, in terms of a kind of diversity of um, kids kind of, you know, w- working through projects and coming to design clubs, um, you know, I mean, it's largely determined by the volunteers who want to go and run something. But what we're trying to do is um, 
kind of target areas where you know we know that um, there's kind of a high percentage of, of what they you know kind of free school meals you know in certain schools or kind of the yeah. English as a second language so these things mean that you know typically you've you've probably got a kind of a spread of kids you know from a from a crop from a you know, kind of range of backgrounds um, and there are certain kind of percentages you can kind of look for you know so for example I think it's like 30 40 percent up of kids on kind of like free school meals means that you're likely kind of hitting a target demographic that yeah, have a kind of range a range of kids there. So, so what we're trying to do is is target certain areas, or kind of look to target certain areas. And so, I think the government has a, a kind of list of twelve opportunity areas um, published mm-hmm. in the DfE that you know kind of highlight these areas. So, what we're going to try to do, you know, sort of in our plans, is to reach out to communities within those areas. So, for example, in Oldham is one, Norwich is another. There are certain areas here. So, kind of look for kind of quite large sort of you know, either design agencies or or firms or um, communities in those regions, and then sort of try to find volunteers through those routes. Um, mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that it's quite a hard one to at the moment because we're quite we're still quite small and we're kind of you know trying to grow things and try things, um, getting the content into a good state and you know improving it feels like at at the moment a a slight priority while at the same time trying to think as we go and kind of do some outreach sort of yeah be mindful of like where we're where we're going and and things like that um but yeah i think that's an on it'll be an it'll be an ongoing challenge i think um i have a question about like parents and teachers how what was how what has been the feedback so far so Teachers, teachers really like what Design Club is doing. Um, quite a few teachers actually have, have inquired and, and want kits and want to run Design Clubs. A few have, a few are running Design Clubs. Um, you know, I think they really, yeah, I think they really see the benefit of it, and I think they see it as a bit of a maybe as something fresh in terms of okay, we've got so many kind of coding and tech initiatives out there at the moment and we've been pushing that agenda so much and you know as i was saying kind of creativity and design and making it you know it feels like that's kind of not been forgotten but um you know we're not really kind of talking about it or paying much attention to it so i think yeah teachers i think are reacting well um i think parents it's an interesting one i think a lot of parents do react well most mostly parents who are in the design and tech industry you know react well um, you know, they kind of just inherently see the need, but I think, yeah, I must admit, I think for a lot of other parents, you know, it's hard for them to understand actually kind of what, what maybe design club is trying to do or what design can be, because I think when a lot of people think of design, they think of finished shiny end products and they think of beautiful things. Um, whereas we're more kind of thinking about process and the methods and the tools that kind of help you to kind of solve problems. And I think, I think there's some work to be done on figuring out how we sort of like message what we mean by design thinking because it's quite a it's quite I think even in our, even in our industry as grown-ups you know a lot of people don't really know what it means or what it is so um I think there's something in there around demystifying all of that um I think once the parents they sort of see their kids like interacting with you know, design club materials and kind of make, you know, making stuff. They can see that it's, they can see they're having fun and they're in flow and they're enjoying it. But I think the, yeah, the kind of communications 
what it is. Um, yeah, that needs that needs a bit of work, and I don't know actually like how. I don't know what needs to happen. I almost feel like at quite a high level, something needs to shift in terms of you know a bit like when a few you know kind of sort of five eight years ago when when the computing curriculum changed from being one of you know getting kids to sort of use things like word and powerpoint and stuff like that you know shifted from being like that to being one of okay like actually let's let's get the kids like building software let's get the kids actually kind of programming and i think you know that all happened because you know we started to say coding is really important you know programming is really important whereas i don't know if we're going you know i think so i think that's a little bit more bit more complex than that to say design is really important and kind of here's why i think that maybe i think something happened with kind of tech education that allowed it to evolve and mature and i'm not quite sure what needs to happen with design education to allow it to evolve and mature and people kind of give it a bit more um i suppose space in the curriculum and kind of see it as important so yeah i don't know i think yeah sort of work to be done on that front i think yeah, I think we're still, like you say, trying to figure out how to explain it in our working lives a lot of the time. And I don't think we're really there yet in being clear about what it means and how it's effective. Yeah, you know, I think I think the Design Council and, um, you know, kind of a few other bodies like that have tried to publish figures about what the creative economy and sort of design economy brings. But even then, they're just kind of like big numbers that I think most people just sort of glaze over at so um and also I, th- I guess you know when you look at like i don't know google and facebook and youtube things like that they refer to them as tech giants they refer to those organizations as tech giants and you know often the founders are kind of they're engineers you know or technologists so i think um all of that you know even just from a kind of like press and kind of like you know, PR perspective and the stuff that's in that's in the news um, points to kind of like tech being the thing. But you know, we but we know that those things wouldn't work and wouldn't be adopted and wouldn't be so big if they weren't designed by a bunch of people and kind of thought through in terms of their user experience. So, but that doesn't get any kind of airtime. So I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I say, work to be done. I can tell you. I can tell you that from working at Google that that's actually still the case, you know, tech and engineering, even though Google is a quite, you know, company that invests a lot in design and user experience, like technology is still more powerful. Tech is is what is more powerful as a, as a kind of story, you know? Yeah. So you guys obviously now looking for, um, you know, more mentors and people to help out um so what can people do to actually get involved and when oh sorry where are you looking um for mentors at the moment so in terms of where i mean if anyone in the uk wants to run an after school club they're welcome um and in terms of sort of how i mean the best thing to do so we have a, a simple website um, at designclub.org.uk and on there we just have, you know, some simple kind of pages and instructions about how to start a club. And it just sort of takes you through a few kind of simple steps, you know, around like, okay, like, you know, you need to look through the resources, we need to kind of find a school and here's how to reach out to a school. So 
you know, we've kind of put together a, a few things like that and put together a few kind of help articles on how to how to go do that. I mean, typically, you know, if you're a parent with a kid at a school and they're in and they're in the kind of target age range, it's actually quite easy because the school knows you and you can say, well, my kid's at the school and I'd like to run this. And that's actually, that's that's kind of the easiest way, you know, to do it. And most of the people that do run clubs, we found, are either um, parents or their teachers, just so that, you know, there's not that kind of a barrier and hurdle of going to kind of find find a school and reach out to a school that you, you don't know. Um, so we have, yeah, so we have those kinds of sort of step-by-step guides on, on the website and, and the resources available. Um, and then we we also sort of have meetups. So we have regular meetups, um, again, kind of linked to on our website. Um, at the moment, they are London-based, and we have existing mentors come and share share tips and kind of talk through their experience of running a club. Um, and then we also have things like, a, you know, we have a Slack channel that mentors join to sort of, you know, ask questions and just uh, speak with other 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 people running clubs um yeah and i think i mentioned then we also have kind of a, a kit that means that the kids can kind of access these workbooks and, and materials and things so i mean i have actually seen photos on instagram and twitter of of uh our resources being used in workshops with kids and they haven't attributed design club and you know it's a little bit sad because obviously we put work into these these things and everything is creative commons meaning that it's free to use but you know people should be attributing where they came from yeah it's weird there's a black market for it <laughs> i just think that you know it's just the a few people that but i think that happens right you know often i don't think it's uh i don't think it, there's any malice or any kind of I just think it's a little, either a little bit of laziness or a little bit of naivety or just a bit of, you know, I think we do go and grab resources from the internet and kind of use them and perhaps don't think that someone has created them and think to check, like, is it okay that I use these? And if so, sort of under what, you know, what, what do I need to do? Um, so, yeah, but, but like I say, generally we're, we're trying to just encourage, you know, kind of people to pick, pick up the resources and, and use them and make things happen. But just, but just kind of, yeah, let us know. Cool. And what's the URL again? Sorry, yeah, designclub.org.uk. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks very much for joining us today and telling us all about Design Club. And hopefully we can catch up again with you in the near future and see how it's all going. Cool. Cheers, guys. Search and subscribe to Design Untangled using your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. Follow us on the web at designuntangled.co.uk or on Twitter at Design Untangled. Become a better designer with online mentoring at uxmentor.me.